I just want to say this to you from the bottom of my heart. Just how proud. I mean, who am I? But I'm just so proud of our church and for our members and for the praise team for being so faithful to God day in, day out. And now that we are in our last day of the year 2021, and what a year it has been, despite whatever we went through, God is good. God is faithful. He will continue to be faithful. He was, He is, and He will continually be faithful in our lives. So I pray that we will continue to strive together and be steadfast in our faith and in our journey, especially in this new year that's coming up tomorrow. And I'm excited to be in this journey and in this race with you. Only Jesus. Amen? Only Jesus. Heavenly Fathers, want to thank you for your faithfulness every single moment in our lives. There's never a moment where we can escape your presence. Whether we're here at church and whether we are away, we are never away from your presence, oh God. Thank you, God, for your patience in our lives. Forgive us, God, for our rebellion against you, towards you, and God, and living a life that is not pleasing in your sight, oh Lord. I pray, God, that you bring us back to a place of humility and to a place of repentance, especially tonight as we end the year 2021. And guys, you transition now to the message. I pray, Lord, with all of my heart, may the words of my mouth, and Lord, I pray the meditations of the hearts of those who will be listening to this message this evening. Lord, may it be pleasing, Lord, in your sight, O oh God. And may we not just declare with our lips, but may we declare with our hearts and our minds that, Lord, you are our rock, and, God, you are our redeemer, and that you are the author and the perfecter of our faith. For you are the beginning and the end, and, God, and we have access to have a relationship with you through your one and only Son, Jesus Christ. With the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom, and in spirit and in truth, we will worship you here today. We pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ, let me pray, and God's people pray, amen, and amen. God bless you all. God bless you, church. Thank you for being here with us at 11.30 p.m., the last day of 2021. Let us now continue on with our... I guess it's not a series, but the last message that we had was last Sunday, and we talked about faith, and we were on the topic of the Trinity of Virtues. We spoke on faith, and today we'll speak on hope. And this upcoming Sunday, January 2nd, the first Sunday of 2022, we will talk about love, faith, hope and love, and today we'll dive into hope.
So the title of today's message is called Trinity of Virtues, Hope. The Trinity of Virtues, Hope. Let me begin with this. One of my all-time favorite films is a movie called Shawshank Redemption. Because the whole movie, the premise of the movie is based on hope. It's a movie about inmates finding hope in a hopeless situation. There are two main characters in this movie, and I encourage you to watch the movie, and I'm gonna spoil it for you a little bit, but there are two main characters here in this movie. The first guy, the main protagonist, his name is Andy. So can we all turn to Andy and say, hi Andy. Hi, Andy. <laughs> and then the second character, his name is Red, R-E-D, Red. Andy and Red, they become best friends in this movie. Now the main character, he is innocent. He did not commit this crime, and we find that out in the movie. He is innocent, but he is in jail for a very long time for a crime that he did not commit. But Red, we learn that he did commit this crime, and he is guilty, and he is rightfully so in prison because he committed a crime when he was young in his age. Now in this movie, there's a powerful scene that plays throughout the middle and end of the movie. I think it's towards the end of the movie. It's a powerful scene with their backs against the prison walls and they're outside. And it's during their break and Andy, the best friend, the main character, he asks his friend Red, they're having a conversation. He says, you think you will ever get out of here? And Red, the friend, Morgan Freeman, he responds, yeah, one day, he's being sarcastic, when I have a white beard, two or three marbles left, rolling upstairs, if they'll let me out. Andy responds, I will tell you where I will go if I get out of prison. I will go to Mexico. I'll find old boats, and I'll fix them new, and I'll take my guests out for charter fishing. And then Red, his friend, he responds, Andy, stop it. Stop that pipe dream fantasy. Mexico's down there. You are here in prison. I am here in prison. And that's just the way it is. There's nothing you can do to change that. It's hopeless. And then Andy, he ends the scene with, I mean, it's a long line, but I'm paraphrasing here. He says, Red, and he looks at him in the eye. If you ever escape this prison, I want you to find this location, this tree. And within that tree, within the rocks, I'm going to have something for you. When you get out, make sure you find this tree. Make sure you find this location. And make sure you find that box. Long story short, Andy, he escapes prison by using rock pick. I'm spoiling it. He has a huge poster that he gets every night. For years, he's been carving through the walls, making a hole. And one night, when there was huge storm and rain, when there was a thunder and lightning, every time he would just go ahead and hit the pipes after he escaped the wall. And then through the pipes, he goes out and he escapes. Andy is a free man. Morgan Freeman, right? Red, on the other hand, he has no idea that Andy was doing that for over all, the, all those years. 
but red, he holds on to that promise that his friend Andy gave him. And then eventually red, he, he leaves prison legally after serving his time. And then it's a sad story because red, he's old, he doesn't know what's going on. Technology is, it has advanced. He's not used to cars. And then Red, he remembers what his friend said to him. Find that tree. Find that rock. Find that box. So Red, he goes on a journey. He finds that tree. He finds that location. He finds that box. And within that box, there's money. And he's like looking around. And then the, what's that animal? I mean, not animal, the, the buck. There's a kid, is there. That was a good scene, by the way. He's like looking, is anyone looking at me? And then he opens the box and he reads the letter. And in the letter it says, remember Red, Andy, his voice. For he wrote the letter, he says, hope is a good thing. Maybe the best of things and no good thing ever dies. I will be hoping that this letter finds you and finds you well. This movie is a story of hope. The Christian life is a story of hope. We were once dead in a helpless, hopeless situation, orphans, outcasts, out in society, not belonging in this world not belonging to God because God is a holy God and we are rebellious individuals, human beings, full of sin, full of darkness. As this movie is a story of hope, the Christian journey, the Christian life is a story of hope. And within this movie, we learn the lesson that no matter how hopeless the situation may seem, there is always hope at the end of the tunnel. So Red, who once was hopeless, now as he's reading his friend's letter, his best friend's letter, he finds tremendous hope. And within him rises a sense of excitement and joy that comes. And the movie ends in the closing scene. You see Red riding on a bus with his head out the window like a free man on a bus on his way to Mexico, breaking parole, to search and to find his friend Andy in Mexico. And then the movie ends with this quote, with Red saying this. The whole movie is based on Red's perspective. He's the narrator. And he says, I find I'm so excited I can barely sit or hold a thought in my head. I think it's an excitement only a free man. Can't believe his name is Morgan Freeman too. Or freed man, but only a free man can feel. A free man at the start of a long journey whose conclusion is uncertain. I hope I can make across the border. I hope I can see my friend Andy and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it is in my dreams. And the movie ends with this, I hope. The Bible is very clear. 
1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13 says this. And now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. Last Sunday we spoke on faith. Today we will speak on hope. And this coming Sunday, our first Sunday of the year 2022, will be on love. So why is it so important for us to know the trinity of virtues? These three gifts, faith, hope, and love. I discussed with you last Sunday that in chapter 12 of 1 Corinthians, it speaks about many gifts. The gifts of teaching, the gift of prophesying, the gift of tongues, gift of preaching, all those good things, right? All those good gifts, quote-unquote gifts. But the Bible makes it very clear that the only gifts that will continue on and will echo through eternity, not just on this earth, but after your eternal state, in your he- when you're in heaven with God, that gift, it will remain in the Christian journey forevermore, not just on this earth, but even long after you're gone on this earth in heaven with God. Meaning all other gifts, quote-unquote gifts, will fade. All other fluffs will fade. And you can hear on this earth right now, you are talented. Only you're talented with, the, with your voice, with your singing. Dan, you're talented with your singing. Andy, you're talented with the keyboard. Ronnie, you're pretty good talented, not bad, in, at the drums. But all that is nothing in comparison to these three greatest gifts, the greater gifts, the trinity of virtues, faith, hope, and love. And the Bible makes it very clear that these three gifts, it will remain forever, always, forever, and ever, and ever with God. It is an eternal gift. It is the forever gift. It is your foundational gift that all Christians must receive and have and pursue. Tonight, we will focus on hope. And what is the definition of hope? Webster Miriam Dictionary says, to desire with expectation of obtainment or fulfillment. This hope for us as Christians is not a dream. It's not a fantasy. Just like what Rez tells his friend, it's not a pipe dream fantasy, but this is reality of the Christian life. This is the truth of the gospel. As Christians, we are not hopeless. You are not hopeless, but you are hopeful always, forever in Jesus Christ. And with that, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 3. Verse 15. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 15 states and it asks this question. Verse 15, it says, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for what? The hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. 
We've memorized this mission team. And the question is, do you have an answer for the hope that you have in Christ today? Do you? And our answer is found in Romans chapter 5. So let's all go to Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 11. The title says, Peace and Hope. Verse 1 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood. That word blood, guys, is a violent language. It's describing Jesus' gruesome death. So again, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is it so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Amen and amen. So through hope in Jesus Christ, we receive. What do we receive? Starting with point number one is transcendent peace. Transcendent peace. Going back to Romans 5 verse 1, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have what? We have Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So through hope in Jesus Christ, we receive peace. Philippians chapter 4 verse 7 says, And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. That word transcends means it surpasses all understanding. You cannot explain it. It's like you get into a car accident. Something traumatic happens to you in your life, but you are at peace because it's the peace of God that transcends all understanding. You cannot describe it with words. It's the Spirit of God. It's the hope of God that is within your life. It is the greatest gift of God that is in your life. You cannot buy with money. You cannot teach someone the peace of God. It is part of the hope that we have in Christ. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding. 
will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And it goes on, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 23 says this, May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Philippians 4 says, peace of God. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 says, God of peace. Shalom. The peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. Amen and amen. So what is the peace of God? What does it mean to have peace in Christ? What does it mean? So point letter A, peace in Christ that's beyond our human understanding. Letter B, peace in Christ that protects our hearts and our minds. Letter C, Peace in Christ that sanctifies us through and through. When I say through and through, it means everywhere, every part of your body. Just like you cannot escape the water that touches. You cannot cover a part of your body when we're showering. As the water reaches every part of your body and soaks you through and through, the peace of God, it sanctifies us through and through, meaning our spirit our soul, and our body to the bone of who we are. Letter D, peace in Christ that keeps us blameless before God. And letter E, peace in Christ that allows us to pursue after God. So what do we receive? The first thing is Transcendent peace. Amen. Point number two is infinite fortitude. Infinite fortitude. Proverbs chapter 24, verse 16 says this, For though the righteous fall seven times, that word seven means often many perfect meaning you will always fall. They rise again, but the wicked stumble when calamity strikes. Meaning in Christ, I will have infinite strength and fortitude, resilience, steadfastness. I will continue to fight. I will never quit. You can kill me. You can persecute me. You could cause me to suffer and torture me. But I will never quit in Christ. I will have infinite fortitude through hope in Jesus Christ. Meaning, suffering in Christ, we understand letter A is temporary. Letter B is nothing in comparison to the eternal glory that will one day be revealed to us. Let us see, will produce perseverance, character, 
and hope. So suffering brings about good things in our Christian journey, in our Christian walk. When I say suffering in Christ is temporary, I'm looking at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 to 7. It's not on the screen, but this is a passage that we're all familiar with. But it says this, it says, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. It says, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials, it's short-lived. It is temporary. Let her be. When I say it's nothing in comparison to the eternal glory that will one day be revealed, I'm looking at Romans chapter 8, verse 18. And just to keep it very simple, I'm going to read from NLT version. It says, Yet what we suffer now is nothing compared to the glory he will reveal to us later. It's talking about the eternal glory, the eternal gift, the blessing of God that will come in when we're in our eternal state with God, in heaven with God. Your suffering now is nothing in comparison to the glory that will be revealed to you on that last day we take that final breath here on this earth. And let us see what produced perseverance, character, and hope is found in our main passage, Romans 5, verse 2 to 5. It says, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. Verse 3, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings. Because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. What does it say? Again, in verse 3 to 4, it says suffering produces perseverance. Verse 3 and 4 says perseverance, character, and character, hope. So what do we get? Through hope in Jesus Christ, we receive transcendent peace and infinite fortitude. Point number three, blessed assurance. Blessed assurance. It's like that hymn, blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God. Born of his spirit, washed in his blood. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story, this is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. And it goes on and on. We're not going to get to the second part of the song. But blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. When I say assurance, I'm talking about the promise of God, the oath of God that cannot be taken away. It cannot be stolen like the bathroom keys in the back. Who took that key, by the way? <laughs> Where is it? 
the blessed assurance is not a promise, not just on this earthly, temporal life, but for all of eternity in heaven with my God. Verse 6 through 11 says this, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son. How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is it so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. So what is the assurance in Christ? What does that mean? What do we receive? What does that mean when I say assurance in Christ? Letter A, meaning Christ died for me, a sinner. That is the blessed assurance. Christ died for me. Not the righteous, not the kind, not the good, but a sinner like me. That is the blessed assurance. Jesus is mine. He died for me on the cross for me. Why? Why, God? Who am I that you love me so much that you died on the cross for me? Remember, through his blood, it's a violent, violent language description of Christ's death by his blood. As it says in verse 9, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we save from God's wrath through him? He says in verse 6 and 8, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Who is that ungodly? That's you. That's me. Verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while I was still a sinner, not when I got my life straight, when I was still lost in my sin, Christ died for me, for us. Therefore, I boast in Christ. I don't boast in myself, for it is Christ who has done it on the cross. Not me, but because of the cross, I am no longer an orphan or an outcast, but I belong in, a, in the family of God, and he calls me his own, and I can call Jesus Christ my own. So letter A, Christ died for me, a sinner, let her be, Christ save me from God's wrath. Do you understand how scary the wrath of God is? Do you understand that? All of eternity away from God in a lake of fire away from him. Christ save me from God's wrath. Verse 9 says, since we have now been justified by his blood. The wrath of God came on Jesus Christ. The wrath that you are supposed to receive. The gruesome death that you and I deserve. 
We don't ask God for fairness. We ask God for mercy and for grace. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we save from God's wrath through him? Let us see. Christ reconciled me back to a right relationship with God. Reconciliation, reconciliation, reconciliation. Meaning make right once again. What Adam and Eve did to bring us away from God, which destroyed the bridge of us ever seeing God face to face, a holy God, Christ, through his death and his resurrection, through his violent death and his ascension, Christ reconciled me back to a right relationship with the living God. It says in verse 10 and 11, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Verse 11, not only is it so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. Reconciled, reconciled, reconciliation is mentioned three times here. Allows us to get back into the right relationship with the living God. And with that, as you get to our point number four, can we turn to our neighbor and say, Happy New Year's. <laughs> Point number four is perfect acceptance. It's not you're accepted only if you're tall enough, good enough, handsome enough, pretty enough, dressed well enough. It is perfect acceptance. You'll, be, you'll be accepted no matter what. No matter what. It's not like Uniqlo where you have to, you can only return if you buy it from that store. It's crazy. <laughs> what? But other stores you can buy it from California, and then you could return it here. It doesn't matter as long as it's the same company. But it is perfect acceptance. And let's look at the scripture that teaches us that his acceptance towards us is perfect. Verse 1 through 9, it says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. And we boast in the hope of the glory of God, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. 
While we were sinners, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? What these verses teaches us is that we are, letter A, complete in Christ. Letter B, perfect in Christ. Letter C, dependent in Christ. Letter D, growing in Christ. Now, what do I mean by these points? It's like a coin. On one hand, we are complete and have been made perfect in Christ, as I said it in letter A, letter B. And on the other hand, we are still depending on Christ and we are growing in Christ which means we are maturing, we are being made more like Him every single day. On one hand, we are completely accepted in Christ, we have complete acceptance in Christ, but on the other hand, we still fight the battles every single day. We still fight the fight of temptation, of sin, every single day. Yes, I am dependent on Christ, but I am also complete in Christ. I am made perfect in Christ, but at the same time, I am still growing in Christ. I am dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. For Holy Spirit dwells within us. It is made available to every single believer on this earth in Christ. So when temptations come, when discouragements come, when attacks come, we do not say, Christ has left me. No, we say Christ has accepted me and it is his perfect acceptance. I am made perfect in Christ, but yet I am still growing in Christ. Temptation is not sin and you will always be tempted. For the devil will always come, the flesh will always take over, but we continue on even though we fail, even though we fall. We are made perfect in Christ. Perfect acceptance. And the last one is Supreme Counselor. I ask through hope in Christ Jesus receive what? Number one, transcendent peace. Two, infinite fortitude. Three, blessed assurance. Four, perfect acceptance. And last, Supreme Counselor. Who is this amazing Supreme Counselor? It is the one and only. And you know it. You know who this is. For it resides within you. It lives in you. Can we turn to our neighbor and say, Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God. That is the hope that we have in Christ, the Holy Spirit. Verse 5 says, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love, remember love is the greatest gift of all. We're going to talk about it this Sunday. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through who? Through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. It's been given to you. 
It's a gift. It's the free gift of God that comes, the perks of being a Christian, the supreme counselor. Supreme. I chose the word supreme because supreme pizza is my favorite. But supreme because it's the best. There is no second. The Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, fills our hearts with love and allows us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So when people spit at your faces, when people persecute you, when people look down on you, you're able to, with the empowering power of the Spirit of God, you're able to love and forgive once again as Jesus Christ did as he lived here on this earth. The life that he modeled, we are able to model through the power of the Holy Spirit that dwells within you. Do you believe that? Do you know that? That the Holy Spirit is within you, is within me, is within our church. Holy Spirit fills our hearts with love and allows us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll say that again. The Holy Spirit fills our hearts with love and allows us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. That's the power to love and to be loved by God. The power to forgive and to be forgiven by God. The power to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, as the one and only Son of God, and also to be accepted by the one, only, one and only Son of God. To know Christ and to be known by Christ. And Jesus says this in John chapter 14. And the title says, Jesus promises the Holy Spirit and he tells his disciples these very words. Jesus goes on, he says, if you love me, Keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate. Who is that advocate? It's the Holy Spirit to help you and be with you forever. It's the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him. For he lives within you. He lives with you and will be in you. Verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore. He's talking about his ascension, his physical ascension. But you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Look at who's confused here. Verse 22, Judas. But Lord, 
Why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Verse 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. Again, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Supreme Counselor, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things. It will remind you of everything I have said to you. That is why he is our counselor. When we forget, when we get lost in our sin, Holy Spirit comes, brings us back to his rightful place. He is our gentle counselor. He brings conviction, which leads to change. He will teach you all things, remind you of everything I've said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you will be glad that I am going to the Father. For the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you. For the prince of this world is coming. He's talking about Satan. But he has no power. He has no hold over me. But he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now. Let us leave. This is the promise of the Holy Spirit according to John 14. This is what happens when we have Christ, when the Holy Spirit dwells within us. It says, I will have an advocate. I will have a family. I am no longer an orphan. I will live in Christ. I am no longer bound by my sin and darkness. That's what it means. I will live in obedience to Christ. I will live in peace. I will live with courage, meaning I no longer need to live in fear or be afraid of Satan, for I will overcome the prince of this world, supreme counselor. So what do we learn here today? on the message and on the virtue of hope. Through hope in Jesus Christ, we receive transcendent peace. May you, even in your driving, even in your workplace, even within your relationships, in your family and home, may you have the peace of God that transcends understanding. Regard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You have infinite fortitude. 
Proverbs 24, though a righteous man falls seven times, he or she rises again. Will rise again. You have endurance. You will undergo suffering and trials, and you'll laugh it off, for they are temporary. And you will overcome in Christ. You have the blessed assurance, the oath and the promise of God that he will not leave us nor forsake us. And then, number four, we have perfect acceptance. And lastly, we have the supreme counselor, the Holy Spirit, one and only, and he resides within us. Amen and amen. So as we enter this new year, Happy New Year's for the year 2022. What a journey it has been these last few years. And God is good. God is always good. And he will always be good. His faithfulness is not dependent on my actions or on my part. He is faithful forever he will be, forever he is. He will continue to be faithful, for he is the great I am. He is the beginning and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. Let us not forget who our God is. Let us not forget the gift, the greatest gift of all, faith, hope, and love. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 13. All their gifts are fluffs. They come and go. But these three gifts, it will last for all love, eternity. So with that, can we just bow our heads real quick with this new year as the first fruits of worship and prayer to our living God. Can we thank Him and praise Him for His faith, hope, and love that we have in Christ. Let's come together and let us pray and give thanks to our living God.
so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Supreme Counselor, the Holy Spirit, has been given to you. Amen and amen. I'd like to invite the praise team to please come up. And with hearts of worship, can we all stand to our feet together? May we 
we not let this moment pass by? Just going through the motions. Just singing another song, just to sing. Reading the lyrics without any purpose and without any conviction. But can we just make this our prayer as our first fruit of our worship and praise to our living God, where it says, I'm giving you my heart, your heart representing your life, all that is within, all the good, all the bad, I lay it all down for the sake of you, my King. I'm giving you my dreams, my past, my present, and my future. I'm laying down my rights, laying down my pride, giving up my pride for the promise of new life. I surrender all to you, not some, everything that I have all to you. Let us all sing together. I'm giving you my heart and all that is within.
Father, we boast in Christ and in Christ alone, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. For we know that suffering produces perseverance, and perseverance character. And within that process of you sanctifying us and our character, there is hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Because our hope is not found on this earthly things, but Lord, it is found in the eternal things of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us and to us and to us alone. The one and only. The greatest gift of God: faith, hope, and love. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us this eternal, the Trinity of virtues: faith, hope, and love. Especially tonight, for the message on the hope of Jesus Christ. We give you all the glory, all the honor. May the name of the Lord be praised. Forevermore, we pray all these things in your precious Son, Jesus Christ. May we pray, Amen, and Amen.